Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. I want to bring you a message that I have literally been wanting, thinking about, praying about, bringing for a year, right? And I want to talk to you about breaking unhealthy soul ties, right? Now, 3 John verse 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, right? You have to have a prosperous soul. In fact, as your soul prospers, prosperity is going to be in your life. Now, when it's talking about prosperity, it's talking about peace of mind. It's talking about direction. It's talking about purpose, right? It's not, when you say prosperity, it's just not talking about money, but it's as your soul prospers. Now, your soul if you find any place, this is what they're going to tell you. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? I would say it this way. It's what you want, it's what you think, and it's what you feel, right? In your mind, those emotions, right? Now, what Satan wants to do is he wants you to believe that your past is just a picture of your future, right? He wants to hold you in your past through wrong relationships. The devil wants you to really believe this, that the best days of your life are behind you, right? It's not true. It is not true, but that's what he wants you to believe. Now, when God wants to bless you, right, one of the things that God does is he brings somebody into your life that will encourage you, that'll strengthen you, that'll help you in your spiritual journey. When the devil wants to harm you, he will bring somebody into your life, right? So the Bible actually talks about this in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 23. And it mentions how the law and the word of God are light to keep you from. And then it mentions the evil woman. But how many of you know there's a lot of evil men too? Right? It's not just evil women. All right? There's evil men. So it's to keep you from. A soul tie is a relationship with somebody where their actions affect your well-being. Right? And usually what happens when there's a soul tie, a bad soul tie, there is confusion, especially in the area of making sound decisions. All right? There's abuse. There's misery. There's torment. There's regret. Right? Now, again, that soul tie, it's a connection that unites your inner being with another person, right? Where one person dominates another and it's harmful, there's usually abuse, it's unhealthy, right? Now, there's bad souls ties, but there's not just bad souls ties, there's good soul ties, right? Now, for example, in marriage, there should be a good soul tie. The two shall become, they become one. A great example of this is found with David and his friend, Jonathan, right? This is what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 18. When David had finished speaking with Saul, that's the king, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul or his own life. Your soul can become knit 
to somebody else. And it can be a good thing like it was with David and Jonathan. Jonathan Jonathan literally protects David. He encourages David. He builds David up. He believes in David, right? But Satan will try to bring a wrong person into your life to bring compromise into your life, to lead you away from a, a, a healthy spiritual relationship with God. Now, I think one of the best examples of this is found in the book of Judges in your Bible. It's the story of Samson. Now, Samson is the strongest man that ever lived, but he had a soul tie that destroyed him. So the Bible tells us that this Samson, uh, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek named Delilah. How many know she's famous? All right. So the lords of the Philistines come to Delilah and they said, if you will find the secret to his strength, each of the five of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver, a fortune in those days. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies that you may be bound and to afflict you. And Sam said, said to her, if you bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and become like the others. Right? So the next morning, you know what? He's tied with seven fresh bowstrings. And she says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. She's got him set up. And he gets up, breaks the, the bowstrings, and takes off. So Delilah said to Samson, look, you've mocked me by telling me lies. Now, please tell me how you may be bound, what you may be bound with. So he said to her, if they bind me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I shall become weak and just like any other man. Therefore, Delilah took new ropes and bound him. Right? Next morning, he's bound. And she's got the Philistines waiting. And she says, Samson, the Philistines are on you. He gets up, breaks the ropes, and takes off again. So Delilah said to Samson, until now, you've mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. And he said to her, if you weave my seven locks of, of hair of my head into a web of loom, then I'm going to become weak and just be like every man. Next morning, right? His seven locks of hair are in the loom. And she says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. How many of you know you do not need to be a rock and scientist to figure this out? All right. She does not love him. She does not have his best interest at heart. But do you know what? The Bible says she pestered him with her words daily. She pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. And he told her all his heart and said, no razors ever come on my head, for I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. And if I'm shaved, my strength will leave me and I will become weak and be like any other man. Next morning, his hair is shaved. The Philistines come. They capture him. They take out his eyes. He's chained. He's bound. He's blind. And he's powerless. There was a soul tie. He could not make quality decisions, right? He had an unhealthy connection. Listen, every person here, you want to be loved. You want affection. You want approval. You want to be close 
to somebody, that's all right and that's good. But the devil will try to bring the wrong person into your life for this. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. The two become one flesh. The Greek word is the word soma. It means body, slave. Body, slave. You literally become the same slave. Now, this is what happens. When there is illicit sexual relationship, there is, if you could picture it, there's this huge pipe that goes in between the two people. And the demonic activity that's in the one person passes over into the other person. Um, This is a true story. I know of a Christian girl. Uh, she's she's missionary dating. You all know what that is? She's a Christian. He's not. But she's going to win him to Jesus. And by the way, the Bible says don't do it. It says do not be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. But she says, I'm going to win him to Jesus. So he keeps saying, if you love me, you'll sleep with me. If you love me, you're going to sleep with me. If you love me, you're going to sleep with me. Now, she's a Christian, good Christian girl. She has never had any desire for drugs or alcohol. Unbeknownst to her, right? He's addicted to drugs and alcohol. He's hiding it. But one day, one night, she gives in to him and she has sex with him. In less than two months, she's addicted to drugs. And if anybody were to examine her, they'd say she's an alcoholic. She never had those desires before. But when she opened herself up sexually, she became the same slave. The spirits that were working in him began to work in her, right? If you just check on Google for results, how to get over a breakup, 3.19 million results, right? You can become very, very tied to another person, right? One of the ways that it happens is through sexual contact, right? Illicit sexual contact, right? And what happens in a soul tie is there is confusion, particularly about making decisions. You you can know what you should do, but you just can't do it, right? There's misery, there's torment, right? Uh, You're unable, well, this way, there's disobedience to God. And if you're a Christian, you know what that does. That just makes you miserable, all right? God's not the author of confusion, but yet when there are these ungodly soul ties, you're unable to make the right decisions, right? The psalmist said this, I'm exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from the anguish of my heart. That's a picture of somebody who has a soul tie that they have not been able to break, right? Now, the psalmist said this in Psalms 142. He said, no one cares for my soul. No one cares for my soul. But you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So Psalm 23 says this, he, God, restores my soul, right? God will restore your soul to where your soul is at peace and it's healthy, right? Uh, I, I, 
I read about a, a tribe in Asia who would curse their enemies. You know, you think you're going to curse your enemy. You'd say something like, you know, may your sword rust in its scabbard so you can't get it out. Or may you die of cancer. You know, you're going to curse them. But this is how they curse their enemies. May you stay in one place forever. May you stay in one place forever. Do you know you're supposed to grow? You know, in, in, it, the, the Bible talks about the, the path of the righteous, that it's like the sun. It breaks up in the, it comes up in the morning. There's a little bit of light and it just gets lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter until the full light of day. That's what your life is supposed to be like. And you're not supposed to stay in one place forever. You're not supposed to have a ungodly relationship that is affecting you where you stay bound, unfulfilled, depressed, confused, without progress, and hopeless. That should not be a picture of your life. Right? Um, Janie's sister lives in, in Tulsa, and uh, they, they live in a, in a, in a neighborhood. And uh, when we would go down there, I would always go jogging, right? But there was this one dog, right? If you're a jogger, you know about dogs, right? This was the biggest, blackest, meanest looking dog you've ever seen in your life. And I would come running by and that dog would see me and that dog would come. And I'd be like, you know? And that dog would almost get, almost get to the road where I was, and the chain would grab that dog and yank that dog up in the air. And I'd just go, oh. that's what a soul tie is like. You want to get away, but you try to get away, and it's like you're tied, right? There's, you're chained to that person, right? Now, yeah, you're emotionally connected in a wrong way to this person. Uh, like a, a woman who's been married to the same man four times, but every time there's physical abuse. But you know what she does? She just keeps going back and keeps going back and keeps going back. You say, why would you do that? You think, you should not go back. And she'll say, I know I shouldn't, but you know what they're going to do? They're going to go back, right? now. I am not, listen, when I'm talking about an unhealthy soul tie, I am not talking about your leaving your spouse. Now, if there is physical abuse, you should separate. All right? I want to make that clear. Um, in fact, Jeannie wrote me a note, and she said this. You might want to clarify more that you're not encouraging married people who are just ticked at their spouse who has, not, who has not yet met their expectations. Okay, that's, my, that's the note from Jeannie. Right, so I'm not, I'm not talking about your ticked at your spouse, all right? <laughs> but listen, you, you, you cannot fix what you will not confront, and you cannot confront what you do not identify. Right? You've got to identify, and people get stuck, and they never fully move on, right? People have severed relationships with certain people, but yet they're still connected. They, they, I should say it this way. They have not severed relationships. It's been years, right? But they're not released in their soul. Right? There's an unhealthy relationship, and you know you should get out, right? But you don't, or you would say, I can't. 
but I've got news for you. You can. We're going to talk about it in just a little bit. All right. But there's physical abuse. There's sexual abuse. You're drawn back. There's, it's like there's this tractor beam that just keeps pulling you back into that relationship. Right. And if there's a sexual relationship right, that you know is wrong, right, you need to get out. Listen, if you're not married and you're sleeping with somebody, stop. Right. And, and by the way, if you're married and you're not sleeping with your spouse, start. <laughs> get with it. Now, listen, honest. Before you're married, the devil will do everything that he can to get you to sleep with somebody. And after you're married, he will do everything he can to keep you from sleeping with your spouse. That was worth a trip all right there. I'm just telling you. All right. (laughs) May the God of peace sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. That soul tie, it's an emotional bond or connection that unites you to somebody else. And the devil tells you right, that that past is your future, that nothing is going to change, that there's, there really, there is no future for you, that you're worthless, that it's hopeless. There's no destiny. There's no purpose for your life. But this is what God says. This is Isaiah 41. He says, you are my servant, I've chosen you, and I have not cast you away. Your husband may have cheated on you, but God says this. He says, I've chosen you. You're my servant, and I have not cast you away. Your parents may have rejected you, but God says, you're my servant. I've chosen you, and I have not cast you away. You may have been raped, but God says, you are my servant. I've chosen you, and I have not cast you away. You may have been dumped by somebody you love, but God says, you're my servant. I've chosen you and I will not cast you away. You may have had awful things done to you, but God says, you're my servant. I've chosen you and I have not cast you away. And you may have done awful things and made terrible mistakes, but God says, you're my servant. I've chosen you and I will not cast you away. So how do we form these ties? Right. The first is simply with close relationships. We talked about Jonathan and David. Jonathan's soul was knit to the soul of David. And it was good. Jonathan preferred David to the throne. He protected him. He encouraged him when he was discouraged. He actually saves his life from his father. Right. A close relationship that's pulling you out of the will of God for your life is a wrong soul tie. And someone who does not respect, listen, your faith and your assignment from God does not qualify to have a close relationship with you. If they do not respect your faith and your assignment from God, they don't qualify. Again, Proverbs 6, the commandment is a lamp. The law is light. The reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep you from the evil woman, the evil man, that person who's going to take you away from God. Soul ties are formed by vows and commitments and promises, right? So you say something like this, I'll never stop loving you. Somebody else might say, you know what? I will never 
be poor. I will never trust a woman again. I will never trust a man again, right? Or here comes soul ties. I will never get you out of my heart. You're the only one I'll ever give my love to. No one will ever take your place in my heart. You will always be the only one for me. Listen, your words have tremendous power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And with your tongue, you can, you can form a tie, a bound to other people. Proverbs 6, you're snared with the words of your mouth. Psalms 45, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. These words can keep you trapped. Right? You feel something that, that will not let you escape the, 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 the orbit of that person. You feel something preventing you from fully going forward. Right? It's like you're dragging a weight behind you. Your words have holding you captive. Even things that you don't remember that you have said can have that kind of a powerful effect on you. And then, of course, we've just been talking about sexual relationships. An illicit sexual relationship opens a person for demonic influence that is in that other person to come into your life. You become the same slave, right? And because of it, so many people are not whole in their soul. But God says, I will restore your soul. I'll restore your soul. And too many people, their souls are fragmented, right? So I want to talk to you for just five or six minutes about how to break ungodly soul ties. And number one is this, decide to please God more than anybody else, right? Including your feelings and your emotions. Decide to please God. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The number one law, Jesus said, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, right? And if you look back at the Ten Commandments, it's have no other gods before me. And somebody can literally become like a God to somebody else because you're obeying them instead of the true God, right? Now, listen, you have to have a strong desire to be free or you will not get free. Jesus said, what things soever you desire, right? When you pray, believe you receive them. You have got to desire to be free, desire to do the will of God. Desire to have that person's influence broken in your life, right? Again, the bright light of Christ makes the way plain, right? So they won't stumble, right? So you, you, in other words, God is going to show you that that wrong relationship is not what you should have. And again, this is uh, Ephesians 5, verse 10, Message Bible. You grope your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. You know what you should do. So no more stumbling around. Get on with it. The good, the right, the true. These are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Figure out what will please Christ and then do it. Right? No backing up. You're not married. Don't have sex with somebody. Again, stop fantasizing about somebody you're not married to. Stop texting, calling, contacting, following them on Facebook, 
email him, delete him. Delete them. All right. Break all communication. Right. And then take every thought captive. Second Corinthians 10 verse four. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You got the wrong thought. You got the wrong feeling. You take it captive and you say no. Right. And you start you, you, you replace it with a different thought. You replace it with God's will. Don't wait another day. Don't justify soul ties. Your future is at stake. You choose God over people and feelings and emotions. You choose to do what's right. Right. And again, the devil wants you to believe that your past is your future. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines brighter and brighter under the perfect day. Right? God has a great future for you. Right? So you need to declare your freedom, break that tie in Jesus' name by the power of the blood of Jesus. And remember, it's the blood that redeemed you. You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. From the vain conversation, it literally means the lifestyle you receive from your parents, right? But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. That means God bought you back. He has taken you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. And Revelations 12 says this, that you overcome him. That's the devil and everything he brings by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Start talking about the power of the blood, that it redeemed you, that it set you free, that you are not a part of Satan's kingdom. You're not under his influence. You will not succumb to that soul tie and you are free because Jesus has set you free and who the son sets free is free indeed. And in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every attack of the enemy over every ungodly soul tie. And in Jesus name, we bind you and we break your power. Every harmful effect on every relationship, on every person's mind, on their destiny, on their marriage, on their ministry. We cancel every effect in Jesus name and we declare the enemy defeated. And we Thank you, Father. We loose the power of God onto every life, every soul to bring healing and to restore their souls in Jesus name. Now, first Peter chapter two says as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, right? You need the word of God to strengthen you. Jesus said, you do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Joshua 1, 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. You apply the word to your life, right? You see yourself doing what the word of God says. You see the blessings that God word says belong to you. Come on you. That's what it is to meditate. You come at it from the north, the south, the east and the west, right? And you meditate therein day and night and then that you may do according to all that's written therein and you will 
make your way prosperous. You will have good success. I'm telling you, God will restore your soul. Right. And then lastly, Proverbs 13, verse 14 says, and make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. You say, what does that mean? That means don't check their Facebook. That means don't drive by their house. That means clean your house up. All right. Get rid of any memorabilia that you've got of that person. Right. Get them out of your computer. Delete, delete, delete. Right. Get rid of every picture. Right. Do not remember, God says, the former things, nor consider the things of old. God says, because behold, I do a new thing. Right. And God wants to do something new in your life. He wants to heal your soul, your will, your thoughts, your emotions, the things that you want, the things that you feel, the things that you think about. All right. If you've got some old songs, get rid of it. You got old movies you watch with them. Get rid of it. Right. Psalms 124. My soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. That's God's will for you to escape the snare of the fowler. And uh, let me close the Psalms 131 and verse two. It's surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. Now, listen, there may be a time for a few weeks or a month that your soul is going to go crazy. Your soul is going to want to think about them. Your soul is going to want to contact them. Your soul is going to want to find out about them. Your soul. But listen, surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. I remember when we weaned our kids. All right. I think a lot of you are going to relate to this. All right. We decided it's time. Okay. So you put them to bed at night with, uh, my mind's going to Spanish. Why is my mind doing that? Uh, without giving them leche. Okay. There, there. Milk. All right. My mama's milk. No mama's milk. All right. You put them to bed for the first time. All right. Let me tell you what they do. All right. I remember it was like two hours. All right. And then you're like, let's, let's give in. Let's just give in. All right. But you can't give in. All right. You don't give in. All right. Next night it's less in the next night. It's less, right? And then finally, after like two weeks, it's calm. It's calm. And that is exactly what this verse is saying, right? You quiet your soul. He says, I have come and quieted my soul like a weaned child from his mother's milk. He's saying, when, when you break that tie, your soul for a while might be screaming. He said, but you, you just take every thought captive, right? And you stick with it, and your soul will be quiet. Time will come. You won't even be thinking about them. But I'm not telling you it's going to be the easiest thing you've ever done. But I'm telling you, if you will do this, your soul will be free. God will restore your soul, and you will be like that weaned child. 
you will, fi- you will find yourself in the middle of God's will and his purpose for your life. Don't let the devil steal even one day from you. Amen. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Uh, always in a group of this size, we have people that you've lived for God for decades. And there's others that at one point you were living for God, but somehow something got in between you and God like a wedge and you just drifted away from the Lord. You never intended to, but you have. And you need to come back to God. And there's others. If I were to say to you, do you know you're on your way to heaven? You'd say, well, I hope so. You know, I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to do the right things. I I hope I'm going to make heaven. The Bible says this in 1 John. It says, we've written these things to you that you may know that you have everlasting life. Know that you have. See, you're supposed to know that you are forgiven, that you're right with God, and you're on your way to heaven. And if you don't know that for sure, you are not where you should be with God. 50 years ago, on a Sunday night, I I, I knew I wasn't right with God. And someone came and shared with me Romans 10, verse 13. And and I want to share this with you. And I prayed this verse that night, 50 years ago. And it changed my life. And it's going to change your life if you'll pray this prayer from your heart today. This is what the verse says. It says, whosoever. He said, this is what he told me. He said, this this will work for you. And this will work for you. Then the verse says, we'll call on the name of the Lord. Now, we're going to do that the way the Bible shows us to. And then this is the last part of the verse. It says, we'll be saved. See, if you will pray this prayer from your heart, when we say amen, you're going to be right with God. You're going to be saved. You're going to be forgiven. You're going to be a part of this family, a part of this kingdom on your way to heaven. So I'm going to ask everybody, as your heads bowed, your eyes closed, I want you to pray this prayer out loud with me, but from your heart. Make these words your own. Would you you say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again, victorious over death, over sin, and over the devil. And I give Jesus all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I receive Jesus as my King, my Lord, and my Savior. I surrender everything to Jesus. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer. My past is gone. And I'm a part of your kingdom today and forever. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.